just don't punch out, you know, Bob Barker. I would never punch Bob Barker. I wouldn't do that. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Under the Radar, your most favorite in-season fantasy baseball podcast. With me, as always, my friend of yours, Derek Ryba. Good morning. Your friend and mine, Ian Cobb. Hello, my friends. Good to talk to you this morning. Fine Tuesday morning. Sorry, I almost jumped in the middle there. I didn't think you were going to call it a fine Tuesday morning. I just went for it because the weather's nice. It is, right? Yeah, beautiful here in New York. Stunning. Do you get the feeling like, you know, the weather's nice here, so it must be nice everywhere? Like, I'm in one of those moods when it's beautiful out like this, and I'm like, yeah, it's a great day for everyone. People should be happy on Twitter. And then, uh, <laughs> happy <laughs> and then on no. Twitter? <laughs> yeah, I don't happy know, on man. Twitter is not. It's too bad. You know, I have the two accounts. I've got the, the regular account and then the fantasy baseball account. Oh, yeah? And I, I I have really been living just on the fantasy baseball account. But the fantasy baseball account, it's as tough as the regular account these days. I mean, it's just very, uh, very confrontational. Um, very, uh, very ca- tough to watch. Tough to look at. But uh, you know, some good information out there. Unfollow yeah, people. All right. Yeah. Right? And so it, yeah. I think you're probably right. I think that is the move. I have a, a lot of mutes that, like, a lot of mutes. And I gleefully mute people now. Gleefully? <laughs> well, it's yeah. better than blocking people. Blocking people's tough. Yeah, muting, they never know they're muted. So, you know, you keep friendships even though they suck on Twitter, you know? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But so, uh, but a beautiful day here in New York. And I'm talking to my buds. And we're talking about fantasy baseball. And someone is going to get a talking to on this show today. Not one of you two, but someone else is going to get a talking to. Okay, I mean, you can't, would you like to tease that? Or give us a time into the show when you'd like to bring that up. It's, it's, it, it's about your mean Mercedes. Somebody's going somebody's gonna to get a talking to about something that they wrote on Twitter about your mean Mercedes and about your love of your mean Mercedes. Oh, actually, this might be the same person I kind of wanted to bring up. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? So I think I read the same thing you did, and it accused me of liking every prospect ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, yep, you know, yep, yep. I don't think, I don't want to come across like that. Like, Let I hope that's not that. how hey, it comes across. Stop, stop, stop the, stop. I'm Because I'm like, this. man, am I doing that? Because, you know, you don't, you don't know, like, you say, um, until someone tells you, like, oh, you say, um, a lot on air. Nando, Nando, you say, um, a lot on air. No, I know. Um, no, Chris. It's part of the charm. Friend. Our, I guess Chris, our friend from Baseball Pods, very very nice man, very intelligent man, liked the guy a lot. Was going to get such a spanking on Twitter, but there was so much spanking going on that I just thought I'd save it for the show. <laughs> he said he was talking about your mean Mercedes, and he literally said on his Twitter, "Why is it that no fantasy analysts were talking about your mean Mercedes?" And I'm like, "I know you listen to the show, there, Chris." You give us a lovely write-up every week. How have you not been hearing Nando DeFino talking about your mean Mercedes for years, years, to the point that when he came up, I was like, there he is. And he was like, your mean Mercedes just got called up. That was Nando. <laughs> and then when he went five for five and then three for three, I just went, that's why Nando has that little spark of genius in him. And then I read this from Chris and I was like, and then someone posted to him, well, what about Nando DeFino? I mean, Nando has been talking about him for a really long time. And he said, Nando loves everybody. No, he doesn't. Nando loves your mean Mercedes. And Nando's been talking about your mean Mercedes. So if you drafted your mean Mercedes because crazy Nando DeFino in your 50 round draft, your team is better because of it. So that's why the show, literally, that's why we're, we do the show Under the Radar, to find these guys. And I've got somebody later in the show that I'm super excited to talk about as Did well. you put I had, in the rundown? Had, had, uh, there wasn't yeah, anything. Through, oh, oh, I do I, see I, someone I, in the rundown yeah, there. Yeah. Yes, yes. We'll talk about it if we have time. And I think we will because there's no hard outs. But Chris needed a little bit of a talking to. There you go, Chris. There's <laughs> talking to. You should, I would like a, a, rescind, a rescindment. Is that a word, DBR? I don't think so. 
Okay. Whatever you know what I mean, please post something on Twitter saying, actually, there was that guy, Nando Rufino. And the reason you know is because Derek Van Riper and myself, we spent a lot of time laughing at him over his you mean Mercedes <laughs> love. And... We found uh, out earlier. We found out that DVR edits out his laughs before the show. Yes, because Ariel Cohen spoke to me and he said, "Listen, it's a really good show, but I wish DVR would laugh at Nando's jokes because Nando's really funny." And uh, I said, "I said okay," and then I mentioned DVR, and he's like, "Well, I edited them out because it sounds like hissing." So that that's that's the answer to that question. Well, I edit some of them out because it sounds like hissing, but not all of them. Most of them don't get edited out. And rescindment is a word, apparently. I don't know anyone yes. who used it except for you, Ian, but it I... is a word. I'm feeling good about that call. I'm going to post that on Twitter. <laughs> Next time you're playing Scrabble and someone plays Rescind and you have the E-T-N-N-M, there you know. <laughs> you can thank Ian Khan when you score that 108-point word. Wouldn't you have won the M-E-N-N-T? I mean, I'm just curious why you went E-N-T-N-M. You know what I mean? Uh, just because Scrabble tiles are mixed up. Ah. Good answer. You I mean, you're looking at your, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Steven Gonsalves. Here's another, here's another guy. Here's another guy that Derek Van Riper and I are going to laugh at Nando about because he can't stop talking about him. Similar to Eurene Mercedes is Steven Gonsalves. Is he the next big thing? So let me ask that question of you, Nando DeFino. Is Steven Gonsalves the next big thing? I feel like DVR hasn't talked. Yeah, but yeah, but I want to hear you say it first so we can laugh at you afterwards, and then you can come back six months later and say, <laughs> I said it was the next big thing. So you say why you think it's the next big thing, because it's on the rundown. I why meant it with, the- within the context of Yerman Mercedes and uh, well, Jose de Leon had nine strikeouts. Yes, and he did. Taylor, Taylor Widener. Like, all these guys who were kind of popping up, and I know it's the first week and whatever, whatever. But, like, I, I do think, like, uh, man, I, I bought, like, six of his rookie cards. You know, so you don't have so the Yerman Mercedes, and I don't want to yes, get too far off topic here. No, but no, like, that's not on topic. This is good. I bought his card for eight dollars and ninety nine cents. Uh, signed, right? It was a signed yeah. copy. There's only one card ever made of him before, like the Tops Now stuff came out. It was in the 2021 Tops. It was an autographed 70 Years of Baseball celebration card. And I'm like, you know what? It's not even like his real first card. It's like a 70 Years of Baseball kind of subset. But it's his first card. I'm gonna grab it because I love the guy. And so I did. And then along the way, like I lost these, you know, $5 and 15 cents. I should have bid $6 and I would have won it. So I go to look after his explosion. I'm like, uh, maybe I could grab another one real quick. And it was $120. And like mm-hmm. it was blowing up. And I texted you guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, like, like it's breaking my heart, but I think I got to sell this card. And so yeah, I posted it on eBay. But And what did it go to? Right now it's at one twenty seven fifty with three look days left. See, now I picked up your mean Mercedes in... The Devil's Rejects. Friday night was his five for five, I think. And you could pick up four players a week. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I was on the phone with Wilson Caraman. I was like, hey, let's just grab you mean Mercedes. Let's just see what, what happens. He went five for five. He's probably going to play. And it's a, it's a very deep league. So I picked him up. And then the next day, traded him along with Nick Prado and uh, Reed Detmers for Lourdes Gurriel. And then in Cushing's like, <sighs> Like you can't do that. That's not a good enough trade. You're not giving enough in the in the deal. You know you got to give more. <laughs> it's Cushing the guy who's like, hey, I would have given you more for him. No, like the Cushing's, guy who pops up after I, the after the trade. Like, oh, I would have given you so much more. No, no, that's not what he was saying. And then Mercedes goes three for three and hits home run the next night. I'm like, yeah, right. Didn't give enough. And like now you can't get Mercedes back. You're mean Mercedes back if you if your life depended on it. But but the natural ebb and flow of a player. That's why you sell at 127 because then you're going to be able to buy him back these cards for 30 bucks. 
yeah. in a month, and that's why you do it. Yeah, I, mean, I would think that's part of the joy of the, of, of playing in this uh, in playing in that world of, of of. But so Stephen Gonsalves, I just think he walks too many people. DVR, what do you think? I don't know if the stuff is really that good. I know he had some good numbers in the lower levels of the minors, even all the way up to Double A with the Twins. I, I I don't know. I don't know if it works in the big leagues. The control absolutely is a problem, right? As he's moved up, mm-hmm. walks have been an issue. He's been banged up with a variety of different injuries. It's a good spot for him to get a chance, though, because the back of the Boston rotation is horrible. My question, is it though? though How it's, bad it's is bad. it? It's pretty bad. Martin Perez? Yeah, Martin, well, Martin Perez, Perez. not so good. Innings eater, Martin Perez. Garrett Richards did not Garrett look good Richards. his first time <laughs> out. and I'm, I was worried about him coming to the season. I don't have him anywhere. Pavetta is still in that rotation. Look good. Pavetta looked good yesterday. Look good. Yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, maybe he'll end up being fine. I just and Tanner, 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 oh, Hauk. What is it? Do you? Yeah, it's, it's Hauk. Yeah, we yes. went through this last week. Yeah, I know. I just I, I wanted to make sure it stuck. Tanner Hauk looked great. His slider was working like a like a mad person slider. I went and picked him back up in DL one because we remember I said last week that we were going to drop Isan Diaz with Robert Murray. Like, oh, um, Isan Diaz or Tanner Hauk. And we just went back and got Tanner Houck for 24 bucks, and feel really good about that. Because, you know, that's one of the worst feelings is when you drop somebody and then they explode and someone else gets them. So you just bid a little bit extra to get them. I would like to point out that I think his 2018 high walk rate, uh, I mean, like he still had a 1.17 whip that year, so he wasn't allowing hits. I think that's when he started to get hurt. You know, he missed most of 2019 I mean, and then last year alternate site. Okay, but, but 90 in 100 innings, he had – this was this was the year that I was looking at in Rochester, AAA in Rochester, 2018, 23 years old, and he had in 100 and one-third innings, he had 95 strikeouts. I was like, oh, that's pretty good, 95 strikeouts. And then I went 55 walks. That's too many yeah. walks. He doesn't give up homers, though, so it could work with that walk rate because he doesn't give up a lot of homers. So it's not – Impossible. I, how hard does he throw? Well, here's the not thing. Very hard. That's how I remember him. But remember he is him. now. Is he? How hard is he? What's throwing? the velo at now? I think he touched 94 at the alternate camp, according to the Worcester Telegram. Okay, that's pretty good. That it would was be 90s. different. Because he was averaging a little bit of time he spent in the big leagues in 2018. He was averaging 89.8 on the fastball. That's how so I remember him. If he touches 94 and he could sit 92, then yeah. that could work but i still think we're looking at him as probably more of an al only league guy or a possible two-start week sort of guy or maybe a streamer it's hard to stream it's hard to stream in that division hard, also hard to two-start week a guy that you don't feel good about i mean you know what i mean like two-start week there's there's few things as bad of a feeling in fantasy baseball than deciding to stream a two-start starter and he blows up in his first start and you're just waiting those four days till his next start that's a painful experience because you're just like, I can't get him out of my lineup and he's going to do it again. So I, I, I worry about that. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah, even Brett Anderson can come out and throw five or six innings and allow one earned run. I know it didn't happen against the Cubs on Monday night, but those guys that you look at and you never feel good about, they find their way to decent starts even after the first one's ugly. But that feeling is awful. But there are sometimes the first start is so bad, you're hoping they get bumped from the rotation. <laughs> you hope they get or rained that out. They, or you just hope they have like a blister or something and they go on the IL so they can't make the second start. Yeah. It's awful. You don't want to root for that, but it feels awful. 
I had a, a, a question with Robert Marshak about whether we were going to start Frankie Montas last night in this, in GDD, this league, I was going to say, in GDD. And Robert was like, I don't think so. I, I just don't think against the Dodgers. And I was like, look, I'm riding with him in, in AL Labor, which I had a great start to. And then Frankie Montas happened last night. Um, it's early. It's, everything's early. But, um, you know, I'm really getting into this. <laughs> it's going to be like, really, Ian? You're just getting into this now? But this idea that, like, the Dodgers, to me now, starting somebody against the Dodgers is almost like starting somebody at Colorado. Because that lineup is just so good. There's just no break in that lineup. And, uh, you know, Bellinger might be out for a couple of days. But either way, it's just like anytime anytime somebody's facing the Dodgers, I, I'm going to look to get them out of the lineup unless they're, you know, Max Scherzer I'm going to pitch, right? But I'm going to pitch Max Scherzer in Colorado too. But it, it's getting to that level for me. Is that is, is that too far, you think, Nando? No, I think it actually makes sense and not a lot of people are talking about it. Because you know what it is? It's... Uh... Man, who is that guy? Who's their bench player who's awesome? And who could be awesome if he had a full-time job? And probably in like three years when he goes somewhere else will be. I can't think of his name. Edwin got Rios? got a lot of power. Yeah, Edwin Rios. Thank you, DVR. Uh, so like, I, like you look at someone like that and you're like, I would love to draft this guy and I would love to have him out on my teams and I would like to draft that skill versus position. But, uh, you know, like I can't. He can't break into that lineup. And when you start looking at it like that, like the Yankees from a couple of years ago, like when you like these people and they can't break into that lineup. That's like it's very da- that's a very dangerous lineup. Like Clint Frazier, who is now broken into that lineup, batting ninth and catching balls, looking very scared every time, but still catching the balls. Go Clint Frazier, man! Go Clint Frazier. Went to the Yankee game by the way, opening day. Oh, did you? Yeah, went oh, with my wife and my two kids. It was fantastic. If you can, if you're in a vaccinated place or in a place where you're feeling very safe and the the social distancing, we had a whole row to ourselves and nobody in front of us, nobody behind us. What's well, normal for a guy like you're an actor, Ian Khan, right? Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, all right, whatever, whatever. <laughs> no, um, but but those, I'm telling you, that it was like going to a private concert. It was so much fun, and we lost the game three to two. And there's this guy like two rows ahead of us who turns around and goes, "If we lose this game, I'm just gonna be so mad." I was like, "Dude, man, are you kidding? I'm here. It's a, it's free. It was freezing. I'm here with my wife and my two kids on the first baseball game after a pandemic during a pandemic. I am so grateful." I, I won today. Yankees might have lost, but I won. And then the Yankees, uh, and he was like, you know what? I'm here with my dad. You're right. And his dad turns around and says, that's very good. That's how I talk. Um, so it was, uh, it, was, uh, it was a sweet, sweet thing. If you can go to a game, and I would, I would recommend it. StubHub or Vivid Seats is a really good way to go right now because it's hard. It's hard. We had to get the kids tested. Like, you know, we had to do a lot of stuff. We had to get tested. We got, but, you know, it was all clean and good. And you felt comfortable, masked inside. The stadium. It was really a great experience. So, if, if let this tip you into saying, "I'm going to take the kids to a game this weekend," because it's it's outdoors. It's about as safe as you can be. It's really great. Really, really great. So, just go to great.com to get those seats, right? Vivid seats. Vivid seats. <laughs> what are you doing? It's vivid seats. Come on, man. It's more work for me. Uh, but I got to out URLs. <laughs> you can leave that in. I think. You can't tell right, people so Steve, to go there. All right, so, I don't think uh, they're actually going to in the two seconds before we don't go to <laughs> dot com if you're looking for seats. Now they are. <laughs> okay, what's next? <laughs> so Stephen Gonsalves, next big thing. I'm gonna we go around the horn. Uh, well, I think it's pretty Derek obvious what you guys are gonna say. No, no, Derek Van Riper, next big thing. I think that was Nando saying next big thing in that he's the next guy who's going to come out of nowhere and have a job and people are going to go pick him up, right? Is that what you meant yeah, by next big th- thing? Th- You're not th- saying th- he's going to be the ace of the staff. You're saying he's no. going to be 
a useful starter for the Red Sox, and that means he's going to be someone we become interested in yeah. in fantasy leagues once he gets the chance, right? I think he'll be 72% owned by August 1st. In, like, 15-team leagues? No, man. I, look, I, I know you guys... <laughs> And I would ask Chris to put it in the spreadsheet, but we're not talking to him right now. Yeah, we can still talk to Chris. I he guarantee you, to when Chris said that, that he was tongue-in-cheek that Nando likes everybody. Because he knows nah, you it don't. doesn't matter. He's, he, you have he's your fine. guys. You like your guys. No, you're, not, you're not out here, like, dancing around like, yeah, Wander and Kelnick. And, no, no, no. You're not, you you're like, not on those guys at all. You like your own guys. It's not even a hard system that I use. It's just, like, look at guys with bad ADPs. And then study them a little bit. And if they had good numbers, then you target them. That's all. Okay. Next big thing. 72% ownership in 15 team leagues. Derek Van Ryan. 12. I'm going to say no. Okay. <laughs> that. Yes, I know. Me too. Nando DeFino. 72%? Yeah. 15 team? Yeah, 100%. Okay. He'll be Boston's number two by the end of the season. And people will be all over him. <laughs> this is what we did with your mean Mercedes. This is the exact laugh that I had. This is the exact laugh that DVR had when Nando said, your mean Mercedes is going to be huge, guys. He's good. He can hit. I mean, he can just hit. Look at his numbers in the minors. Um, I will say this on Stephen Gonsalves. He is worth a speculative pickup if you ha- in a dynasty league if you have a minor league spot based on Nando's excitement. And if it doesn't look good, drop him fast. I do not think he gets to 72%, but I am rooting for him now, and that was not expected. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. By the way, shout out to Don Beal, Beale, B-I-E-H-L-E on Twitter. He photoshopped that Ian card that was amazing from the Tommy Conley. I mean, I appreciate that. It was sweet. But at the same time, I was like, God, man, I really have put on weight since the pandemic. You, you put your face into, into Tommy Conley's face. I, I understand. I just, I was like, God, no, but it, was it really Tommy, Tommy Canley? Because it looked like an old fashioned card from like the, you know. Mid seventies. I just assumed it was like a Topps Heritage card or something. One of those. You know. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe that's maybe that's something. But I, I just, I you know, it was it was it was cool. And thank you. Cheers, cheers to you for that. Uh, all right, no, no. What's next on the list? We're done talking about your mean Mercedes. But can he hold? Okay, let me ask. Can he hold on to this job and be awesome? You are just reading the stuff that I wrote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just trying to move us forward so we can. Well, you get just to, said we can you know. skip it. Yeah, let's get to the Ian stuff. Ian has dynasty rankings no, no, no. up, everybody. And he misspelled well, at least bring, 10 players that we know of. I misspelled five players and got like so much talk. I got myself talking to. People were talking to me, giving me some uh, some for that. And uh, understandable. And we'll have to figure out a way to put in the arrows is what people really want. Yeah. Oh, by the uh, way, shout I out mean, to the commenters uh, for being nice about it. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. No, people are people are great. And I will remind if you are an athletic subscriber, you don't need to be to listen to the podcast, but if you are an athletic subscriber, I'm gonna answer any question that you have on on my dynasty rankings about dynasty leagues or keeper leagues or anything. I'll give you my best guess, you know, I'll give you my best feeling about it. Um, so they're up now. Akil Badu did make the list before his home runs. Um You gonna move him up I'm, I'm, for the next ones? Uh, it depends on if he plays. If he plays, he will. I love his parents. His parents going crazy in the stands is like so much fun. I did have one commenter who asked me about Shohei Otani. They were like, feel like you're a little high on Shohei Otani at 50. That feels a little high. I'm like, yeah, not not high at all. Like that's might be too low. Like I could I could see popping him up to the 30s easily or the 20s. I mean, and in daily league, he's a top five player in 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 daily leagues for me, if you can switch them back and forth. But I, here's how I'm playing Otani, because I have him everywhere. He's a hitter, primarily a hitter. If I've got, but I can flip him to pitcher whenever I want. But now that he's playing five days a week, probably six days a week as a hitter, he's amazing. He runs, he steals bases, he hits home runs. I mean, he's he's going to bat at the top of that order. I, I just think just as a hitter, he's worth that and then you add in the the possible flexibility. Let's say you get closer to the end of the season, you're like you know what, my hitting is great. I really need better pitching. You throw him down there. I mean, what a what a what a, what an amazing player Shohei Otani is. He's the most exciting player in baseball. I mean, sorry about Fernando Tatis in the shoulder. Sorry about that. I did trade him in fear of that very thing in Dynasty League about two months ago. Traded him straight up for Soto because I was I was like he's gonna hurt himself because he just the way he plays, the way he dives. Like there's a shoulder, there's a there's an ankle. Um, but to me, Shohei Otani is can't is must watch TV. You guys too. I mean, do you feel the same way? One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Like Shohei Otani, just the fact that he had several pitches above a hundred, hit a four hundred and fifty-one foot home run in the same game. Like we may never see that again. We've never seen it before, and there's a good chance we'll never see it again. And hopefully, we get to watch this for a long time. Hopefully, we're seeing yeah. Shohei Otani at least in one of those roles probably as a hitter for the next 10 years. I don't know how long he's going to pitch and pitch effectively and how his role is going to evolve over time, but the fastball looked good. The splitters got great movement. It just comes down to command for him as a pitcher. Totally. And I agree. I mean, I agree with you, Ian. I think the thing that made Otani difficult to draft throughout most of draft season was not, not necessarily knowing in weekly leagues how much they were going to change the role, like seeing it a little bit and getting a better feel for, wow, he's actually going to hit in games in which he pitches. That's, that's insane. That's a game changer. He's going to hit the day before he pitches. It's yeah. two more starts per week. That Had everyone known that back throughout the winter, I'm sure the price would have been higher. He still would have been underpriced relative to what he could do because I think with, with the struggles he had in two innings last season as a pitcher, mm-hmm. the rose was just totally off the bloom with Otani. Pretty sure it's the blooms off the rose on that one. Yeah, the blooms off the rose. Okay, just wanted to say pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> Not my expression. I don't know why I chose that one. <laughs> I think we just found the opening for the show. He hit rock bottom, though, as a pitcher. I mean, he, he did. Like, and, and I think we're still at a point. This is where it's, it's easy to get really excited because the first game popped in so many different ways. We're still at the point where if this season does not go well for Shohei Otani as a pitcher... The Angels have some bigger long-term questions to figure out. And maybe that's a move into some kind of relief role, right? You could still hit a ton and give quality innings out of the bullpen. Maybe that's the sweet spot in the future if it doesn't all click for him as a starter this year. I think that's still on the table, but I think it's hard to come away from what we just saw in that first game 
on Sunday night where he did both and not be really excited about him. I watched every pitch of that while he was in the game. I mean, every pitch. Just Did you watch the game, Nando? Uh, No. Just assume okay. it's always going to be no. Okay. Well, uh, uh, then, <laughs> Sorry, then I'll tell you what I saw. I, I did watch De Leon no, last night. I watched Jose De Leon last night. I'll tell you what I saw with Otani and his pitching that was kind of interesting. He could not command his fastball at all. Like in the as the game went on, he just couldn't he couldn't locate it. But he had the curveball at his disposal and pretty much threw a strike every single time. I love his energy on the mound. I love everything about this kid. I, you know, last night he came in to hit. It was like one o'clock in the morning. I was like, I gotta go to bed. And it was the it was the eighth inning, and he came in to pinch hit. The whole stadium became electric. He gets up to the bat. This first and it was a weird situation. First and second, nobody out. I think it was. And the the catcher kept going out to talk. Maldonado kept going out to talk to him. Then the guy throws a curveball and hits him. And Otani just looked at him like, I'm going to mess you up. I think you did that on purpose. And then it was like, wait a minute. It was a curveball. It was first and second with nobody out. I don't think it was on purpose. But it was a a strange occurrence. He's He's just a magnificent baseball player. He's my favorite baseball player to watch, without question. I wonder if there's something to be said for, like, I remember Jason Giambi. And this is going back 10, 15, 13 years or whatever. When Giambi was with the Yankees and he was not good, um, and he was like, look, it's because I'm DHing. Like, if you put me at first base where I'm in the game and I'm in the flow of the game and I do all this and that, like, I, like I'm better. Like, I need to be in the flow of the game. And a couple others have echoed it throughout the years. Like, that, you know, like, I think it was maybe it was Giambi again who, like, went into the bowels of Yankee Stadium to hit in the cages. Um, or, like, I think he rode the stationary bike just to kind of, like, stay pumped. So when he got up, he's yeah. like, yeah, I'm in it. You know, blood's flowing. Um, I wonder if Otani, uh, just a sample size of one game, but the fact that he's hitting and pitching in the same game has elevated him to where he's in the flow of things, like you know, kind of like a, a mini Giambi. I, I think it's something slightly different than that, but on the same ball, in the same area. And I think Joe Madden actually pushed it. He should have pulled him in the fourth. He gave him th- th- two extra hitters, three extra hitters that he shouldn't have given him. And then Max Stassi just didn't catch a ball. Otherwise, we would have. It would have been a different experience. But I think the fact that they've taken the the you know the the handcuffs off him completely. And they're just saying, yo, you're the best player in the league other than Mike Trout. As far as we're concerned, you're going to play as much as you possibly can. I think that's freed him up. I think that he just feels like he gets to go back and play in the game. By the way, if Soto was the one who got injured instead of Tatis was the one that got injured, I would have claimed that as stupid. I just have to say that on, on the record because it sounded a little braggy as far as I was concerned that I was able to get out from Tatis for Soto. So I take that back. You know what I'm saying? Take it back. You're a good guy like that. Oh, speaking of, I mean, we can jump down to the the Nationals if you'd like. Although I don't think there's much to talk about. Just maybe like a news hit that... I was so excited about talking about Kyle Isbell. Are we really not talking about Kyle Isbell? No, I was was just using that segue and then I was going to go back up. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But I mean... Segue, segue. I just just glanced. Like, it's not official or anything. I was looking at a Reddit post that kind of listed all the Nationals who were going to be out. God, is Trey Turner really going to be out? That's what it looks like. I mean, no. so no one knows. No one's made the distinction if... Anyone has COVID versus anyone who had contact with the people who had COVID. So there's no telling how long people are going to be out, but Yadiel Hernandez is up. And I just wanted to point that yes. out to people. Yes. Let's go to Kyle Isbell. So first of all, this is tied into Ian is not being a good group texter with me and DVR. I feel like everything I write, DVR is replying, and then Ian doesn't. But I, I, the kids. Yeah, I'm not going to laugh at your jokes, but I will respond to your text, sir. <laughs> Thank you, friend. <laughs> <laughs> so one of them was like, hey, Kyle Isbell got a Tops Now card on the first on opening day. And I sent it to yeah. Ian. I'm like, hey, man, if you really love him, you'd get this. 
Um, and he didn't reply to it or yeah. anything. But I, I do because think- I don't want to buy. I'm not going to buy Kyle Isbell card. But I did buy him for fifteen dollars in AL Labor this week. There you go. Let's talk about Kyle Isbell because you were adamant that Gerard Dyson was not going to make any kind of impact because Kyle Isbell was going to seize that job. Um, yes, and, and we I didn't really, really we didn't really dive into Kyle Isbell after that. I was really frustrated that Kyle Isbell wasn't available the week before because I figured I could have gotten him for a buck. And then I knew as soon as he was showing to be the regular player I was going to have to spend. Um, but I spent and I got him and I'm picking him up. I picked him up everywhere I could. He's a third round pick and who I think it was 2018. You know, he's just like one of those young bats. He's got power. He's got a little bit of power. He's got speed. He's going to steal bases. Uh, and he's going to play. They really like him in Kansas City. Uh, he sat yesterday against a lefty, which was a little like, oh, it's too bad. But I don't know that that's going to last because first chance they, they got him in the game. So they, they really like him there in KC. And I, I think he's got, I think he's got real upside. DVR, what do you think of Isbell? Yeah, I think he's a does everything pretty well kind of player. So if he sticks in the lineup, it could be good average, double digit homers, double digit steals. You know, if it's low teens in both of those categories, that's probably not enough for him to be useful in 10 and 12 team leagues. But if he gets to the 15 plus range in one or both of those categories, now you're talking. And I think this Royals offense, we've talked about it a bit on a few different shows now. I think they're more deep than they've been in, I don't know, five, six years. I mean, probably since they won the World Series, at least. This is oh, yeah. the best Royals offense we've seen in a while. So I think we still look at the park and we still look at you know, at Kansas city for a lot of pitchers is a matchup where you're not afraid to throw your pitchers against them. But I think the lineup context for a lot of these secondary guys, especially is good enough for them to be productive. And like with Isbell, he had an injury in the minors that cost him some time, sapped his power uh, back in 2019 at high a. So I don't think those numbers are a really good snapshot of who he is as a player. Of course, with no 2020 minor league season, it was a big question as to where he was at physically a year ago. You know, was he showing more power at the alternate site? Was he showing development as a hitter, using the entire field more effectively? Those are questions we'll never have the answers to other than maybe getting some reports from Kansas City. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, he was hitting the ball harder. He was doing this, but we'll never know for sure. The thing I worry about with Kyle Isbell is everything he did in the minors was really pull happy. So I'm keeping a close eye on that spray chart, see if he's able to get away from pulling everything because he pulls everything. Teams are going to shift him. If teams shift him, the batting average floor drops considerably, but I do think he's a good player and in leagues where he's still out there, deeper mixed leagues, he should be picked up. I also think that he could, if they shift him too much, I bet he has a good enough back control. He could just throw a little bunt down the third base line and beat it out on a regular basis. And then they'll stop, you know, They'll stop shifting. Yeah, I'm a, I, I really do like Kyle Isbell, especially in AL only. I mean, if you can get him in AL only, grab him. Spend up. All right. I like it. Uh, how about a 12-team league? When's he going to be ready for a 12-team league ascension? <sighs> you know, it, it, I'm a little worried. I've got to see if he's going to sit against lefties on a regular basis. Also, when Mondesi comes back, it could shift things again because then all of a sudden maybe they, you know, I mean, not that they're going to keep Nicky Lopez uh, playing, uh, Michael Taylor is also in that, in, uh, not yet for 12, I don't know, it's like uh, uh, right on the edge there, but Michael Taylor is another guy who's an under-the-radar play who I was trying to pick up this week um, in different leagues because, you know what, I mean, he has the pedigree. When he was first coming up, he was going to be someone who was going to be a nice power speed guy, and, you know, at the age of 30, he, he's been around long enough. If we go back to the freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, he just went into his junior year, right, 
in, in as a major league baseball player. So I, I think Michael Taylor could surprise a little bit. I really do like this lineup. I really do. Especially when Mondesi comes back, um, which I'm hope, hoping will be soon. I feel people are like they're sick of Michael. Taylor. It feels like he's been around forever. And yeah, they know, are. Like, yeah, they are sick. Of that, him. That, that works to your advantage. I think a lot of people think he's still on L.A. Washington. Michael Taylor. Which, oh, we were talking about the wrong Michael Taylor. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, Michael Taylor from Washington. He was the fourth outfielder for the Nationals. For the last I know who you're years. talking about now. Who was I thinking of? I That I can't tell you. Chris Taylor? <laughs> yeah, Chris Taylor. My bad. Chris well, Taylor. He, he's on the Dodgers, yeah. and he almost got hurt last night, which was it, – it's a weird feeling when you see a guy who you don't own anywhere – looks like he gets hurt and you realize that if he is hurt it's going to open up like all sorts of possibilities where it's like oh Kevin Lux is going to play every day if Chris Taylor goes out and then it's like oh he's okay it's like oh that's probably for the best I do like Chris Taylor a lot actually I just don't have him anymore because I don't DVR don't edit that out I want the people to feel that rawness (laughs) that rawness mint that's that's what you want feel that rawness mint is that a word no it's not no (laughs) it's not so Mike what did Mike Curlin say on Monday about Cleveland Oh, he uh, he just noted, shout out to Mike Curlin once again, uh, noted that Ahmed Rosario was playing again over Jimenez. Uh, and it yeah. looks like a platoon. Not great. I thought he was going to shake out with Rosario in the outfield for real. Like I thought he was just going to cement himself as a center fielder. Well, Luplo is playing there ahead of Gamel, and if you could, you know this if you're playing in AL Labor. And, and Jake Bowers is not playing much. No. Even though he got the starting job, quote, starting job, and then Yu Chang is playing first base for the Cleveland Indians. And it's like, huh? What's going on there? Under the radar. Weird, (laughs) weird team. They faced three lefties in their first four games, though. So I think that's got a lot to do with Rosario playing a little more. And I think it's got a lot to do with Chang playing more than Bowers. I think it's just a matchup-based thing from the early schedule. That's a really bad lineup. I mean, the Indians might be the worst lineup in... Baseball, except for with the Pirates. No, the Pirates. The Pirates are the worst lineup in baseball. But the second worst lineup in baseball might be the Cleveland Indians. But their pitching is so good, which is, it does a disservice to their pitching. Yeah. Well, or, you know, it's weird because if there are fewer runs scored, I find that, you know, the the more, you'll get less wins, but you might have pitchers who bear down a little bit more because they have less room for error. You know what I'm saying? So, but but the Indians, boy, oh boy, they just can't hit. I mean, they can't hit. They get you got Jose Ramirez and Eddie Rosario. That's it in that lineup that you can really count on doing anything. Yeah. Really makes Fred a difference. Reyes, Cesar yeah, Hernandez so. gets on base, but yeah, it, it's a top heavy lineup for sure. <laughs> they're be, they're below average as an offensive group. Top heavy. I think it's like top. It's like medium. It's Middle like heavy. Top, <laughs> it's like top medium. You know, it's just I mean? got it's a not, gut. It's it's, it's, not, uh, it's not really heavy anywhere. I guess it's all, middle, it's all belly. It's, it's just not not great, not great. Watch, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make it as a wild card. Just watch. You think? Yeah. I'll put down a dollar on that. I mean, their, their Vegas uh, line was like 81.5, I think. Who's the closer Venom in Cleveland, GM. guys? Who is the closer? What, what is it? Can you can you, can I sell short on that? Who is the closer in Cleveland? Is it going to be Class A? Because it's not going to be. It doesn't. I mean, it's not going to be Karen Jack. It's just not. I mean, he's not the closer. And they haven't been in a position to get a closer. You know, to use a closer yet, really. But is it Class A? I think it's Class A. Uh, they were saying committee to begin the season. I'm still holding on the Class A shares that I have for now. I, I just want to see what happens in a couple of save chances. If they become a team that mixes and matches, and there's plenty of them doing that right now, I think then you're looking at really high K rates sort of being the differentiator between 
this partial closer here versus that partial closer there. You know, Merriweather in, in Toronto, we were not on him. And I saw him pitch on opening day, and he looked like, just like a beast. But it was interesting. So everyone was picking up Merriweather. And I you know, I put in bids for 110, I think, in Tout Wars or something. But no one was bidding on Jake Diekman. Did you notice that? And I got Diekman there. And people were not bidding on him. And I think it was because they haven't seen... I think he's the closer in Oakland, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think the... There's a couple things there. There could be some situations where Romo gets an opportunity. It should favor Diekman. I think the reason bidding on Diekman was light this weekend was mostly because at this point it doesn't seem like the Trevor Rosenthal injury is serious, but it's a shoulder. It it could become a lot worse. Uh, I think at this point he has not had an MRI, so that bodes well for a possible quick return. Uh, But I think you were right to speculate on Diekman. I think he would get the bulk of those opportunities if Rosenthal misses an extended period of time and grab some, you know, grab some quick saves now whenever you can just grab them, get them done. Follow the strikeouts, right? right? Just follow the follow. It's the Chandler thing. Draft for skill, not role. Right. Yeah. You kind of, yeah, but you kind of need the role sometimes too. I think closers are the exception to that. I mean, I think yeah. for, for years, like when we talked about pitching analysis, there was, this is back when, when R.A. Dickey and Tim Wakefield were still bouncing around the league, it was these rules applied to everyone except for the knuckleballers, which seemed fair because knuckleballers are just they're their own category. No rules apply to knuckleballers. I don't think the draft skills, not rules mantra, which is awesome, as I've said before, I don't think it works on closers. I think if every team gets to the point where they're mixing and matching, then you can go back to that because you're getting the Ks and you're getting the better ratios to go along with it. But if teams are playing the matchups, if if they're going to be like Kansas City where Wade Davis cleans up Greg Holland's mess one day and Jesse Hahn Hahn. comes in and gets one and then Stamont gets one. I mean, if they're going to split it that much and four or five guys are going to get six to eight or six to ten saves, that's a nightmare. (laughs) that's a nightmare because none of those guys skills wise jump off the page so much that you feel like you have to have them in your lineup all the time. Like Cesar, Cesar Valdez is, is a a tough one too. Yeah, man. I mean, he does not look like a closer. I mean, he, he, but he's closing at least right now in Baltimore. It looks like Cesar Valdez has the job. I put out a call on rates and barrels yesterday, Britt and I were talking about Valdez, and I was just saying I, I can't remember, I can't remember a one pitch closer whose one pitch was a changeup. And we got an email from OJ, who I think listens to all of our shows. I think he's hey, OJ. emailed us about other stuff. And he, it was an article from Sports Illustrated like twenty years ago about Doug Jones. You guys remember Doug Jones, the old closer sure. with the curly Tigers, hair, right? the mustache? Yeah, t- I mean Tigers, a bunch of teams, but I, I guess Doug Jones was kind of like. Cesar Valdez back then, right? So it can work. It takes a team to just stick with the guy. And and maybe in the Orioles case, it's that saves are going to cost them money if they let Tanner Scott get those, right? Arbitration, that's a factor. And they're not necessarily trying to win this year. So the thing is, though, there's got to be something, even when you're rebuilding, there has to be something demoralizing if Cesar Valdez goes through a stretch where teams have just figured out the changeup and they start crushing the ball against him. If you're a rebuilding team and you're playing well and your team's trotting out a guy that opposing teams are squaring up, that's still frustrating, whether mm-hmm. you're trying to go to the playoffs or not. So at a certain point, 
you know, you're doing a little bit of damage to yourself by letting him go out there if he falls apart. The changeup is a really good pitch. Plenty of movement. He induces a lot of weak contact. Home run suppression looks like a real skill that he has, but, I mean, this is a guy that started closing out games a little bit last year. I think he had three saves last season. He's 36. He's basically a first-time closer at 36. It's a great story, but how long could this possibly last? Yeah, that is the question. I don't think it's going to last terribly long. I, I don't drop Tanner Scott. Well, I don't know. Maybe you do drop Tanner Scott, but it's a it's an interesting question. Cesar Valdez. But it goes back to the man, like, you know who'd be good? We should actually hit this up in his next mailbag. When he, Joel Pinheiro can answer this question for us, probably. You know what I mean? Like if someone, I mean, he was talking about mayonnaise as a foreign substance you could put on the ball. I think he could handle this question. People asked. Sounds. He, he's a man of the people. <laughs> but I mean, like it is like he's been a reliever and he's been a starter, and it's a question of like maybe it's the manager's tendencies. Like, are you going to stick with this guy? Are you going to stick with these defined roles? Are you going to use you know if the if the closer you appointed sucks and breaks down or gets hurt or whatever, do you fill him like directly or do you go to bullpen by committee? You know what I mean? Like what are the signs you could be looking for? Something like that, because Mm -hmm. it's not just like we're just talking about. It's not the skill. It's not, it's the manager. It's really the speaking, speaking of the manager, I was really interested in Tony La Russa this weekend. Liam Hendricks came into a game. It was a close game. They broke it open in the, in the eighth. And then he, trotted him back out there in the ninth i think they were up 11 to 6 at the time and i just thought why is he doing that like he doesn't need to use him here but he wanted to give him the save like that's that was the only reasoning behind it it's like i just want you to i want you to get your first save he ended up giving up a two-run home run i think i forget who it was. i think it was the it was against the angels um and i forget who hit maybe it was jared walsh who we we're about to talk about but it was interesting to watch Larusa. He's 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 an interesting uh, he's an interesting guy to watch um, manage because he's he's old. I mean, he's seventy six years old, and it, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays things out. <laughs> he's just too old. It's no, gonna... I don't know. I'm not saying he's too old. That's, I'm that's not saying ages, that. man. That's it's... like people making fun of Mercedes no, for being twenty eight. No, 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 no. I'm thinking of Happy Gilmore again. Oh God, he's just Stop too old. The... DVR's got cabin Stop. fever, man. He's got the he's got happy fever. I'm going to the driving range. I'm going to start trying to tee off like happy. <laughs> I'm going to try it. My golf game is just starting to come together a little bit, so I need to just completely decimate it with a few uh, few golf swings from the night. Just don't punch out, you know, Bob Barker. Um, Jared, I would Walsh, never punch Bob Barker. I Jar- Jared that. Walsh is a beast, is he not? I love Jared Walsh. Yeah, man, it goes back to the role. It's that skill versus role. Kind of, I mean, you, and, but you really got the role. Do you really want to root against Albert Pujols? It feels so dirty and, and bad. No, Pujols will get his time, but Walsh, Walt, they should get Walsh some time in right field. In that way, you're splitting. I thought about this last night. In, Walsh should be playing every single day. There's just no question. He He's for real. And he can play right field. And you've got Fowler in right, and you've got Pujols on the bench. So what you do is twice a week. Pujols only needs to play twice a week. He doesn't need to play much more than that. Maybe three times. You let him play, you let uh, Pujols play first base twice a week. That's as much as you should have him do it because he's really not good in the field. You put Walsh in right field and then you sit Fowler. That's what you do. And then I'm telling you, that Angels team, I'm going to watch every Angels game this season. I really am. I should have I gotten more pitchers. Does anybody else do this? I see. I stay up pretty late watching baseball. So what I find is I take a lot of AL West and NL West players because it's most fun to watch games when you've got your guys going. And I don't think I have enough uh, Angels pitchers. 
I wish I had more Dylan Bundy just so I could watch him pitch. What about Alex Cobb? And root for him. Alex Cobb's probably out there. Alex Cobb looked pretty good the other day. His hair is very long, very long for Alex Cobb. It's not what you expect. He's got some. He's got the flowing locks. We weren't expecting the locks. It's a lot of locks. That was a good series over the weekend. It wasn't perfect in terms of defense. There were a ton of defensive blunders, including the play that hurt Otani. But yes, I mean, Luis Robert had a ball hit him in the head. Adam Eaton <laughs> dropped a fly ball in right field that turned into extra bases for Anthony Rendon. I think that was Friday night. I think there was something going on with the lights and the sky and the time of day or something because guys could not see the ball at Angel Stadium throughout that series. Uh, but there were a lot of things I was texting you guys about. Michael Kopech looked really good. Michael Kopech looked like a guy who's going to end up in the rotation later this year and be very good for five and six inning stretches. I know it's hard to make that leap from huh, a two-inning relief appearance, but the command was there. The demeanor on the mound was better. It was something that I think the the White Sox announcers were talking about. It was Jason Benetti and, and Steve Stone. I like those guys. Those guys are fun to listen to. I like They're Benetti. one of my favorite booths. If, if I'm yep. picking like, anytime the White Sox are, are playing someone that I tune into, I, I can't even think of a scenario where I would listen to the other side. So maybe they're even higher than top five on my list. I, I really like the way they, they work together. That would make them number one. Well, top three at least, right? Gotcha. Yeah. Definitely, they're my favorite. That that's my favorite. They're, that and and then watching Tim Anderson get hurt is very painful. But it looks like he's going to be okay, which is very lucky. But I want to speak about one under the radar guy who's on that team. Go get Billy Hamilton, please. Go go get Billy Hamilton. I almost I took Kyle Isbell. My backup pick was your mean Mercedes in AL Labor. My backup to that was Billy Hamilton. Here's why. There's space available. Adam Engel's not back yet. But here's what I saw with Billy Hamilton, and see if everyone else sees this. He's gotten bigger. Like the problem with Hamilton was he was like the, they would throw fastballs and he wasn't strong enough to deal with it. You know, like he just couldn't he couldn't get the ball out of the infield. Now he's older. He's he I'm telling you, he could be he could win you your league. Now, he could also wow. be dropped in a week. Wow. No, but he could win you. He could he could become a starting player for the White Sox. And if he is. It depends on your bench. If you only got two bench spots, you can't do it. But if you got five, six bench spots, speculate on Billy Hamilton. I'm just telling you. I just picked him up last night in that same Devil's Rejects League. It's the best part of that league is that you can pick up players like on the spot and like boom, you own them. Um, and I watched him get another hit last night and just the the actually I, I saw it was it was a line drive that was caught, but I was like, he's really hitting the ball now. So that's the one thing. If we think back six years ago, when everyone or eight years ago at this point, there was like Billy Hamilton's gonna be a game changer in fantasy. Like, what if he does play every day? How many bases is he going to steal? I'll tell you, 50. He'll steal 50 or more because he's going to run. And he's fabulous in the outfield. Eloy's out for the season pretty much. So, you know, why wouldn't they Why wouldn't they do the high upside? Tony La Russa comes from the Billy Hamilton, Vince Coleman style of game. Ricky Henderson without I, the home runs. I could see. I could see. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go that far. We're not going to. I'm not. But, but in terms of fantasy, Billy Hamilton is a guy that you could put in if you're low on steals. If you have him on your team, you're low on steals. Now, starting next week, he could get sent to the alternate site and everyone could say, uh, well, you know, I mean, don't blow your whole fab budget. But if no one else is paying attention under the radar right now, Billy Hamilton. So I love that. I love that. What types of leagues can you hold him in right now with the limited playing time? What's interesting is I'm looking at some of the underlying numbers and a 103.8 max exit velo on the shortened season right now for... Billy Hamilton, 
That's his that's hardest hit ball since 2016, which I'm telling is pretty you, pretty encouraging. Telling he's, you. And he's got three over 95 plus. He only had I'm two last you. season. So I'm, I'm tell- that's what I'm saying. That's what I saw. Yeah, I he, saw. He, I, I I didn't check the velo numbers, but I saw the ball go off the bat, and I went, "That's Billy Hamilton." He's look at look at Billy. Billy's all grown up. He's going to get you steals. He'll get you steals. He'll get I a don't lot know of steals. how you. To me, he's a lot like Gerard Dyson in terms of how they're using him right now. Right, kind of a part-time guy that comes off the bench and gets more speed. than Dyson, more than Dyson, They're more than Dyson more than... right now. But once Adam Engel comes back, that could be a problem for Billy Hamilton. Yes, that it is could definitely a concern. How how deep is the league that you're picking him up in right now? Fifteen team, I'm picking him up. There's no question. I picked him up in a 20 team last night, right? In a 12 team, AL Labor, now that I've said this, Colton and the Wolfman are definitely going to be bidding on him, so I'm going to have to bid an extra dollar. Um, Billy, he, oh, that he could go on into eternity because then they'll bid an extra dollar and then you'll have to bid an extra dollar. <laughs> the AL only guaranteed you got to pick him up this week for sure. I tried to pick him up last week. Didn't happen. But I got Isabel. No complaints. 15 team, I'm picking him up. 20 team, I'm picking him up. 12 team mixed. I mean, look, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. He started Sunday. In left field, he started Monday in right field. He's fabulous with the glove, as opposed to being, you know, like a, a bad outfielder. He catches, he gets to everything. There's a lot of value. I can, I can see a spot for Billy Hamilton, and all he needs is to play. If he plays, he's going to run. He's going to get on base and he's going to run. His exit velo is high. We've talked enough about him. That's what I wanted to say. Billy Hamilton. Is that fair? I think it's yeah. This is why we do this show. This is precisely why we do this show. Do some more. DVR has been basically hating on all these players we bring up today. I've noticed. No, he's not hating on it. He's and look again in a week. <laughs> Billy Hamilton gets sent to the alternate site. He sits. He plays one game as a as a pinch runner, and then I go, well, drop him. I was wrong. But if I'm right, and if he does get to play, and if he's grown up physically, physically enough. I just mean, you know, as we get older, we get thicker. He's getting thicker. He's getting stronger. He's balls that used to. Well, maybe you know, Don Beely can make a card of him and have him realize it. I well, I all I know is that I'm picking up Billy Hamilton, and and you should too. If you have enough spots on your bench, don't drop don't drop an everyday player for him. But you know, if you've got a speculative pitcher on your on your thing, if you, if you had Randy Dobnak because you thought he was going to start and then he got a save, pitched three innings, gave up five runs and got a save, but gave up the home run to Akil Badu. It's that same Akil Badu area. You know what I mean? I do like Akil Badu. Who would you rather have? In- uh, it depends on what you need kind of thing? No, I, I take Badu, actually. I really like Badu. I really like Badu. I finally got him in uh, TGFBI. I like Badu a lot. And also, if for some chance in a 12-team league, Justin Upton is sitting out there, I'm telling you, Get Justin Upton. Right. Well, now you've just lost all credibility. No, no. Nando, he's dropped 20 pounds. He looks like he's 24 again. He decided he was, you know, he's got all the money in the world, and he decided now he's going to go back to being one of the best baseball players in the world. He's going to have a great season. I'm all in on Justin Upton. I did a, I did a last-minute um, uh, draft and hold with Cushing last week, and we just couldn't, and we didn't get Justin Upton. It was like the whole reason I was doing this was I wanted to just get more Justin Upton. But um, I just love Justin Upton. All right, I got to shut up. I, I, there's somebody out there going, that con talks too much. What's next? Oh, yeah, I mean, we should definitely check our iTunes reviews in a couple of days. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, uh, just the last person I wanted to bring up in DVR, maybe you can talk about him. Uh, Taylor Widener had a nice debut. Uh, it was kind of like a surprise in the rotation. It seemed like he was destined for 
some kind of long relief or maybe down in the minor leagues. Um, had a, like a very, very interesting minor league career where he was great, 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 and then an eight ERA, and they just kept trotting him out there when he hit AAA, um, the PCL, basically. How do you approach someone like Taylor Widener right now? Uh, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, I, I think command should be good enough. The changeup's pretty good. He might be able to hold his own. I'm looking at the upcoming matchups. I, I definitely wasn't going to use him for that debut against the Padres. So if you did, I think you got a little bit lucky in that spot because that's a, a great place to pitch usually. But with that lineup, it is not a great place to pitch anymore. Widener is, he's got Cincinnati at home next time out. I think you can play him in that spot in at least deeper mixed leagues. At Washington next week, Friday, by then, probably going to have more guys back. By the way, Nats, uh, without Alex Avila, Josh Bell, Patrick Corbin, Jan Gomes, Brad Han, Josh Harrison, John Lester, Jordy Mercer, and Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner oh, is on the opening day roster, according to Maria Torres, who covers the Nats she's great. for the Athletics. Maria Torres, awesome. Great new addition. Yeah, she, she did the Fantasy Baseball in 15 preview like 10 seconds after she started on the beat. It was great. There's one thing about Widener that I'm noticing that I had not noticed before. In 2018, in AA, he really pitched 137 innings. If, if if you if you've already seen the number, don't don't you know obviously how many strikeouts would you think he had in 137 innings? Probably like 130. I've been looking at it, so okay. I can't. All right, so you said about 130. That's probably what I would expect. 176 strikeouts in 137 innings and only 43 walks. Yeah, that's pretty good. Double A, little old for the level. That's still impressive. <laughs> DVR hates everyone we brought up today. Everyone. Yeah, but you know, his yeah, name is know. Taylor, not Tyler. And that's just dumb, you know? Why well, put an extra A <laughs> in control? <laughs> didn't have a bad home run, right? I mean, it it could work. It could, yeah, I don't know. Then it, DVR doesn't do this when Eno brings up players, I bet. No, <laughs> I, I, he, he brought up Julian Merriweather like on 12 consecutive shows. And it, like, Julian Merriweather is Eno's Nando player. And it looks like he's. Loud right, Dead right, like, loud right. This early, like it looks great. It looks like a fantastic call. And I, I listen to you guys when you like players I don't like. I just, I try to figure out why I don't like them. <laughs> That's all. I'm just like, why, why don't I like these guys? Why, do, why do I disagree? I don't like Taylor Taylor Widener, except I like him a little bit more now after that 176 strikeouts and 137 innings. That's really something. That's 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 it's really good. I mean, 2019 it was a it was a not good. I mean, he was he got killed. But there's skill there. And if we're going back to Chandler, if you show a talent, if you show a skill, you own it forever. That's good stuff. It's like like Jose De Leon, you know. I mean, I know you're just trying to bait me into saying something, but we do have to close up the show. Okay, but still, you got to be excited about Jose De Leon. Oh, I'm on Steven Gonzalez right now. Okay. I don't like. To, right. I don't want to look enough. back. Yeah, I like looking forward and helping people instead of I mean, victory uh, lapping. But how many? Well, that's not a victory lap yet. I mean, <laughs> I how many? How many innings? I know he struck out nine. Did he go five? Five. He went into the sixth. Cool. Three hits. Can we talk about Carlos Rodon? Didn't we talk about Carlos Rodon a lot? He came up a couple Over times. The, yeah. yeah, man. I he looked fabulous last night. I mean, he just looked dominant against Seattle and made Seattle look kind of weak, like really weak. 
Carlos Rodon, another guy who looks pretty bad right now is Andrew Vaughn. That's the other reason why I think Billy Hamilton. I think Andrew Vaughn is going to be, I could see Andrew Vaughn being sent back down to the alternate site. He looks overmatched. He looks overmatched. If you want to trade for Andrew Vaughn, if you've always wanted to have Andrew Vaughn on your team and you've always been like, I didn't get Vaughn, right? Go trade for him right now. The price will never be lower. That was like the Joe Adele factor uh, last year, right? Yes, yeah. it's the same. It's the same experience, and he looks like he looks. On top of that, not only is he facing the best pitching he's ever faced in his life, but he's also dealing with the emotional issues of playing a different position. He's in left field. He's not used to that. Oh, it's easy moving to the outfield. No, it's not. Easy. It's not remotely. Anyone can do that. No, it's, no, it's not. You, you're watching the game from a completely different angle. And then instead of thinking about your next step back, because you're just playing first base and you're just in the flow of everything, he's thinking about, wait, I go back on the ball and wait, where's the wall? And boom, boom. He's thinking about stuff that he shouldn't be thinking about. Trying to play against the best players that he's ever played against. It's a bad setup for Vaughn. And it's a great time to buy in Dynasty Leagues. I'm telling you. You can wait another week, but start start poking around. If a team is competing where team wants to compete and you're in a rebuild, now's the time to go get Andrew Vaughn. Go go send him two or three players that don't have the the upside. You know, send him Michael Brantley, Jamison Tyone, and uh, Brad Hand for Andrew Vaughn. If they're competing and you're rebuilding, they'll take that deal and you'll be thrilled with that deal. What do you do single season? You could drop him almost. No, I mean, you're om- we're, almost, we're almost there. We're almost there. You certainly bench him. You can't play him right now. He, he, he looks lost up there. I'm always looking at the guy's eyes. What does it look like when they fail? What what happens in their minds? Is it like Juan Soto? Like, all right, fine, you got me that time. I'm going to kill you next time. Or is it Aaron Hicks? Oh, man, I failed again. You know what I mean? And Andrew Vaughn has a look in his eye like he's, he's frustrated. Like, Rowdy Telez is the most frustrated baseball player right now. And that's just bad. You just, you know, you got to control your mind when you're playing this game. Because your mind will kill you. In, in baseball, I could see Rowdy Telez losing a lot of time. He's not hitting, but beyond the not hitting, he's also he's also handling himself not well. Not that he's causing problems in the dugout. I don't mean that. It's just it's what the what the story that's going on between the ears right now for Rowdy Telez is not a good story. Yeah, man, that sucks. I love Rowdy Telez. Great name. Uh, it's been a week. We got some time. Yeah, yeah. I, I look. I've got Rowdy. I've got Rowdy in tout. I've got Rowdy in AL labor. So I'm rooting for Rowdy. Rooting for Rowdy. Rooting for baby. Rowdy. On that note. We gotta go. What a show, huh? We'll find out on Apple. In like two <laughs> day- we'll find out on the in the reviews in like two days. Yeah. Hey, we've uh, ended our friendship with Chris, so that sucks. No, he's a good dude. No, he he had to you know no it, he had to he had to give you props. You deserve the if anyone in the world deserves any props in fantasy baseball, you calling out your mean Mercedes two years starting two years ago. Well, that's because James when he got traded. It's all because of James Fegan. Okay, yeah. whatever. All I know is I know your mean Mercedes because of you. And he just had now sell his card, sell the card. We're gonna wait three days, see if it goes up anymore. Yep. Yeah. Still, man, oh, I was so I was so happy and proud of that card, and I got it, and I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta do it. I gotta do it for my family. You gotta do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we gotta go. Thank you all for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. For the man who is so important that he commands uh, two rows just for him and his family, Yankee Stadium, Ian Khan. Just because I'm a person during COVID. For the man who also edits out his uh, sobs of sorrow, Derek Van Riper. Yeah, I definitely wield the editing tools uh, with a lot of a lot of excess these days. 
Go pick up Chris Taylor, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Good talk. Good talk. It's Billy Hamilton. Yeah.